All right, Nesiva Osher, Perak Aleph. So, Pasuk Mishlei tells us, Al Tiga Lehashir, don't toil to to become rich. Mibinasecha Tehdal, and from your intellectual pursuit, using your understanding, cease, desist. So, uh, obviously, sounds a little bit, um, you know, I don't know, hands off, oh, you know, don't worry about working to become rich, don't worry about working to become wise, right? You sit back and watch a lot of television, you, and everything will be fine, right? Okay, so would you translate Bina Yeah, Bina So Bina is is understanding, and Bina is your is your understanding. So me from from your understanding, cease. Yeah. So okay, so the obvious question is, why not? Why, why wouldn't we do that? It, it, it makes sense to do that, no? It makes sense to yes, toil to uh, get wealth. Um, in fact, we're going to see later, look, if you look lower down, uh, we have a Gemara Baruch, as it says, Godel hanenim yegiyo yoser miyirashamayim. Creator is someone who, who enjoys, who benefits from his toil, then a yirashamayim. So you're supposed to toil. You see, you're supposed to toil. So why is Shlomo telling us over here not to toil? And what uh, yeah, intellectual exertion, trying to understand things. Uh, so many psukim and mishlei tell us about the importance of trying to do that. So the morale says, no, no, what we're talking about is a lack of an extraordinarily important midah. This is the very first chapter is of Nesiva Osher is dedicated to this midah called Histapkus. Histapkus means um, being satisfied with what you have. Okay, so we'll, we'll talk about what that means. But number one, so we're talking about to become rich. Toiling to become rich means a person is not there and he is striving and wanting to get over there to become rich. As opposed to saying, listen, here's the job that I have. I'm going to do this job, do a good job with it, and I'm going to get you know, paid for whatever it is that I did, and, 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 I'm, and I'm happy with that. Now, in other words, let's call it overreaching. Right? Where a person is not happy where he is. We're going to talk about the power of being an usher, what it means when, a, when Hashem entrusts a person with tremendous wealth and uh, whatever else. But that's, but that's something that's meant to come to a person. Come to a person. 
not to say that you're not working, not to say that you're not you're not uh, you know doing a good job at your work, but but a person that we. Uh, so much of the Sefer Mishle is dedicated to talking about people that are driven mad by their desires for wealth, right? Staying awake at night, thinking, plotting, trying to... So that reach, that going for the thing which is not here, trying to get that wealth which is not yours, it's not something that is currently... Um, I, you know, in front of you, that is uh, gonna be gonna be detrimental to a person. Okay, that's a lack of hisstopness of being satisfied with one's lot. Now, interesting. The other thing is he pairs it with one's pursuit of wisdom. Now, what's the connection between between these two? The truth is, there's a tremendous connection. Hazal tells, for example, Gemara Kedushin says. My anius, what ani, what is the true poverty? What's the true who is a truly impoverished person? Anius shall anius shall Torah. To be a person who is devoid of Torah. So now who is who is someone rich? He's a chacham. A chacham is someone who is rich. Like the like the Gemara Darshans. Uh, what's a Zakin? Ze Shekana Chachma. Zakin, right? So Kenyan, Kenyan, the essential Kenyan. Zakin, Zakin, if we listen carefully, the word Zakin, so Zakin is an acronym of Zeshekanachachma. But the truth is, in the word Zakin, Zain Kufnun. So I see the Ze, I see the Kana. This is the one that acquired. Where's the word Chachma? Zaken, Zeshekana. What do you see the Chachma? Where do you see that it's talking about Chachma? Okay. <laughs> but because I'll say that you do. No. Kona. Kuf Nun. You need the Nun for the, for the Kenyan. So the Maral says, what else, what else are you talking about acquiring? What else did he acquire? What is something that a person acquires in this life? Right? So now, the, what? Money. Money. Okay, good. So the truth is that he shows right, that the other thing that you acquire is money, but, but between those two acquisitions, one of them will be with you as a, uh, if you acquire it right, as a permanent acquisition, and one of them will be with you as a temporary acquisition. So when we say, this is the one that acquired, right? Without further specification, we assume that it's talking about the long-lasting acquisition, which is, which is a cover. However, Israel is exactly on target that, that we see that both Chochmah and Osher are things that are start out as being beyond the person. Unlike other things that we're going to talk about, for example, Savlonus, patience, not getting angry. Well, that has to do with me. Am I getting angry? Am I not getting angry? That, that, that's something that's, that's a part of who I am. Both wealth is something that's external to me. And I go and I acquire it. I bring it in. I import it. And wisdom. Wisdom is also something that is external to me that I acquire. 
That's why in both of them it's applicable the description of unuse, impoverishment, and uh, acquisition, and uh, and therefore and therefore you know assures, right? And that's why in both of them there's a warning not to overreach. Okay, what's what's what we call an overreaching, overreaching uh, in Chokhmah is instead of sitting, working on what's in front of you, you have this, you haven't yet fully mastered it, you haven't really understood it yet, you haven't managed to digest this information, this material, but you want to be, you want to be a Chokham, you want to be already, you know, learning Kabbalah, right, you want to be a... uh, what am I going to already learn Shas, right? I'm going to start doing Daf Yomi. You, you don't know how to learn the Tosas yet. Uh, I want to learn Daf Yomi already, right? It's like, uh, there's a process, right? If, if, you, if, you, if you rush the process of acquisition, right? Then the acquisitions that you're going to make, if you, don't, if you don't have the proper <coughs> vessels for them, then you're not going to be able to hold on to these things. Okay? You can only hold on to an acquisition that is fitting for you, that is befitting. Okay? Um, and that brings us to the very next Pasuk and Mishli. Our Pasuk of uh, warning us about overreaching in these two areas is followed by the next Pasuk, which is... Uh, you know, you, you'll, you'll take your eyes off of it, and he's not going to be there because it'll make for itself wings like an eagle, like a, a, like a bird of the heavens. It'll fly away like an eagle, like a bird of the heavens. So, so the morale, first of all, shows what's the concept of something that's flying away? Because a, a bird is not something, you know, let's say, I take, I take a... I take an animal, I take um, you know, not only a cow, I take a deer, very fast, etc. right? But I go ahead and bring him into my yard, and I close the gate behind him. Guess what? He's mine, he's not going anywhere, right? Because he belongs here, he's down here. But you take a bird, which is really from a different world, it's from the heavens. You take a bird, and you grab it, and you put it down, you put it down in your yard, you close the gate. Right? What's gonna happen? <coughs> it's gonna fly away. Right? Because because you don't have it doesn't belong down here. A deer belongs down here on the ground. So it's easy to hold on to. But if you grab something which doesn't belong, it's not something that's meant to fit into you. It's not meant to, it's not something do you have the necessary vessels for it to receive? It's an outside, external type of a thing, just like a bird to my yard, right? If, if you grab wealth that you don't have the proper receptacles for, if you grab wisdom, that you, like the Bible says, secrets of Torah, secret Torah, right? That you don't have proper receptacles for, so it's just gonna fly away. Now. Flying away, we're given two examples of flying away, an eagle and a bird. Why are we given these two examples, an eagle and a bird? So we know the eagle is the highest flying bird. 
a regular bird is a regular bird. I don't know, uh, you know, red robin, whatever it is, right? They don't fly too high. Yeah? So those two is the Chochma and the ocean. Chochma soars. It goes extraordinarily high. Wealth, not so much. It's a, like it still flies. So uh, by, by both of them, if you overreach, if you grab something that you don't have the ability to hold on to, you're gonna lose it. So don't 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 uh, don't toil, don't exert yourself, don't root, don't, don't uh, you know drive yourself crazy trying to get something that you don't have the ability to hold on to. If it comes in the right time, if it's appropriate for you, if if you're happy where you are every moment of the way, you're happy where you are, you're doing a good job, you're doing a good job at your work. You're doing a good job in the base midrash, whatever still is in front of you, you're doing your best job that you can on it, right? Then you're happy with what you have. You're filling up yourself with what you have in front of you, and, and, and that suffices. But if you're trying to grab things that are beyond you, not only are you going to be miserable, you're, never, you're not going to end up holding on to it either. That's what, that's what Shlomo Malch is telling us. Um, now, we... What? Bird. I said the eagle is the wisdom, and the bird is the is the is the riches, is the is the wealth. Yeah. So like on that that idea, how do you still like you know aim high? I guess that you like still motivate yourself. So I think I think I think what we're talking about here is motivation in enjoying what you do. This is something that is such a big. It's such a big lesson. Yeah, I remember, you know, Tal and I have something in common. We both, uh, you know, uh, study, Tal studied in medical school. I, I studied in medical school. So, uh, I remember always, like, until I finally got into learning Torah, I never understood what it means to just enjoy the learning itself, to appreciate the learning itself. It was always, I gotta get, get you know, straight A's, I gotta, gotta get my you know, really good grade in my MCATs, gotta this, get a good USMLE, get residency. It's like always like looking three steps ahead. And personally, I, I can only speak for myself, that, that wisdom that I was learning, it always lacked, at first I was never satisfied. Because I wasn't learning it for the wisdom itself. It wasn't like, wow, I, I learned this. This is so good. This is so good in itself, right? But there was always like, okay, so now that I'm past this class, let's look forward to the next thing, to the next year. Right? And so there's never satisfaction with the wisdom that, that you're acquiring right here in front of you. And the same thing with wealth. A person, a, a, a person could be making... You know, a hundred thousand dollars, right? And and he's always like, oh, like I, once I like once I get made partner, once I make my, then I'm gonna like, you know, be making the real bucks or whatever it is. Like, what about being happy with what you have right here, right? <coughs> so, what is it that pushes a person to do, to do a good job? The fact that you're that you're that you're doing a good job. That's why you're you're where, where you are. You're doing the best job you can. You see there's, you know, some, you know, a good product that you could make, so, so do that. Uh, you, you, you see you could you do something even better for people. You could, you know, you feel like you're qualified to the point that you could move up and, uh, and, and you know, do a more, a more challenging task. So go ahead and do that. 
right? But this this exert this toiling of driving yourself crazy of running towards always towards the next thing, always towards the next thing, never never being stopping with what you have, being satisfied with what you have, being where you are, like present you know presence of mind. That's you know what Chazal say. The stopping bichelko means being here where you are and being happy with that. And that's and, and that, that brings to the Gemara Brachas. We said, we said, um, what's this? Uh, what do you mean? The Gemara says that Godol Hanen Miyagio. The greater is someone who benefits from the from the uh, exertion. From his from his exertion, then uh, then a year is shemayim. <coughs> it learns it from Sukim because by by a year is shemayim, it just says Ashri ish year as Hashem. Happy is the man who is all of Hashem. It just says the words Ashri. But compared to a nene miyigio, someone who benefits, who enjoys his work. It says, the toil of your work, that you will eat. Happy are you, and good for you. So by the Yerushalayim, she says, Ashrei. But there's someone who enjoys the fruits of his labor, he says, Happy are you in Olamazeh, Whereas in relation to Yerushalayim, it just says Ashrach. It doesn't doesn't say Vatovlach. Okay, so that's a that's a fascinating distinction. So first of all, we're pointing out that here the Yegiya is that you're enjoying, you're enjoying the work, and you're enjoying the fruit of your work. The pr- look at what I did. This is a good thing I did for people. This is I, I produced a, a good thing. I'm happy with this thing. I like this thing. That is that's greater than the year of Shemaim. So all the first say what is greater than the year of Shemaim? First is all of Hashem. How can such a thing be? And furthermore, if we look carefully at the Gemara, it sounds like that specifically. Where is the big difference between them? They both have Olamazeh, but it's in Olamabo is going to be the bigger difference. Ashrech of Olamazeh, but Tovach Olamabo. And the Yishmaim only has the Ashrei. So, how do you understand it? So, the Maral says like this it says, a person who is happy with his portion, who's in, that's a person who is shalom. It's a person who's whole. He's not lacking. Like, uh, uh, someone who's who's uh, desperate, who's polishing for that thing, for that, for, for the next thing and the next thing, always wanting the more and more and more. He, he's a husser. He's a lacking person. He, and, and a lacking person uh, is not something that's lacking. If you imagine like an egg, right? So an egg, a whole egg, is very strong. You, you can't you can't break a whole egg with your hand, right? You can crack it, but to break it, to press on the egg, you can't do. You're not strong enough. Even you, I see you, really, uh, big muscles. You're not gonna be able to break an egg. Did you ever try? No, I can't. You what? I know that I can't. Cannot, right? You're not strong enough, right? Uh, so 
because that's the concept of shleimus. Right? So a person who feels shalim, who feels, who feels that, that everything that I'm supposed to have, I have. There's nothing that I'm that I'm that I'm uh, that I'm supposed to have and I don't have it. Right? So then, so then, that's such an aspect of shleimus that not only he's going to be happy in this world. But even in the next world, it's going to be good for him. Whereas a year shamayim, although it's a good thing, of course it's a great thing, but a year shamayim fundamentally is a person who does feel lacking. In fact, that's the meat of year shamayim, is to feel lacking. As Yermiao always says. Right? What's your shamayim? The recognition of the difference between, the distance between you and Hashem. Hashem is perfect. He's got all the stuff up there. He's every, and I am the recipient. I'm the lacking one, right? Now, that's an important thing. Yerushalayim. We're not looking at to knock Yerushalayim, but that's it's not supposed to stop there, okay? And namely, Baral says that really someone who is mistopic, bechelko, he's happy with his lot. He's satisfied with his lot. Is someone who will, will be brought to Avas Hashem, to loving Hashem. I mean, and that's the difference. That's the thing that's lacking by the Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim is a is a great thing, but it's one of the two things you're supposed to have. You're supposed to have Yira and Ahava, right? The tray Godfin, the two wings with which the bird flies, the Moshe Lazor, right? So the Yerushalayim. Is important to first recognize that I'm lacking, but then afterwards recognize, wow, and Hashem is filling me up, and Hashem is providing me with everything that I'm lacking, with everything that I need. I have everything that I need. That's what it means to be mistaped bechelko. That's going to bring a person to ahava. So not only you have the yira, you also have the ahava. Whereas Yishmael only has the yira. Why do you assume that the person who's happy with his lot has Yerushalayim? assume that because if he, if he does if he doesn't recognize that it's coming from Hashem, then he's not going to be mistaken with Hilka. He's going to be the hungry wolf, running after, always running after the next the the, the, the next target. Okay. Yeah. At least that's that's what the Gemara is talking about, right? Um, so that's what the pasuk is talking about. Um, So the um, we were saying that he's so whole, he's become so whole. What, what does it mean to be rich? To be rich means that you don't have any lacks. You don't lack. So so a person who is mistapek bechalko, he's he's happy. He has everything. Like like Yaakov Inu says to Asim, Yeshli Kol, I have everything. Everything, yeah, literally everything, like everything in the entire world. How can a person have everything? And says, no, it means whatever it is that I have, that's what I'm supposed to have. So that's called having everything. So then, so then you're rich. And then you, and, and then again, that's the the year and the hour. And that's of course why the big difference is, is in the next world. Because what's the whole point of this world? Right, we pointed out that really they both have an aspect of Ashray, which has to do with this world. But the Tovlach, it'll be good to you 
all aboard, that's that's the one that the Nani Miyagiyakapov has, but the Yerushalayim is going to be lacking. Why? Because the whole completion in all aboard is what you yourself managed to earn. Not to feel lacking. Why did Hashem put us straight into Ganeiden? Why did he? Why did he, why didn't Hashem put us straight into Olam Right? First put us into this world to work, to toil in the garden, to guard, to do mitzvahs, this, eat from these trees, don't eat from this tree, uh, guard it, toil it, all these commandments. Reason is, so that we should be nanami gikapa, that we should toil and enjoy the work that we do, enjoy the, the benefits and the fruit of the of, of of the work of our hands, which of course can mean in a physical way of a person um, literally working and 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 being happy with the you know with with the amount of money that he brings in for that, and it can also be even in Torah mitzvahs, the the toil that we do, working, toiling, and saying, ah, I'm I'm so happy with with my portion. This is my portion. This is what I get to do. And, and, and when you get to the next world, this is where you're going to be nana, this is where you're going to be eating from. You're going to be benefiting from, the, from what you did. You don't want free handouts, you don't want to be receiving from Hashem. You want to, you want to, the person feels like, uh, I, I only want what Hashem is giving me because that's what I'm fit for. Right? If, if, if I'm fit for it, Hashem is giving it to me, I'm happy with that, and, and, and I'm not lacking anything else. Not lacking anything else. Not to be lacking. That's the number one thing about um, Osher, about be, being rich. Is a rich person is not lacking. So uh, that's that's the focus over here. A, uh, a baby will want to feel hunger, so they'll, they'll suffer and cause what comes next. I feel like the Yerushalayim aspect that we were talking about, of having a gap, is what allows a person to feel a yearning, to want to move, to want to motivate, to want to grow. Sure. I, I feel like there's some, or just uh, maybe the way that it's being expressed, I, I just feel like if a person is so sameach and mechelko, then I, I don't have to suffer, I don't have to, I don't have to move, I don't have to be motivated because I have everything. Or are we differentiating between but, 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 but I'm enjoying so much the relationship that I have with Hashem. So then, then when I'm finished with this uh, with this mitzvah, I'm going to move on to the next mitzvah. But I'm not anxious about the fact that, oh, oh I'm doing this mitzvah, I'm losing all those other mitzvahs. I'm, I'm present, I'm present where I am. I want to learn Tosos better. I want to understand Good. better. Yeah, because I want, you know why? Because I want to understand it, that's why. Not because, not because... I'm striving for something that's, uh, you know, okay, I want to become the God Lador, you know, 30 years from now. So it's, it's like, uh, like the Rosh saying, outside of a cleave, but inside of things that I know I'm capable of, if there's a, if there's a gap, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like basically like you're having like smaller term goals kind of, like I want to learn this close close. The things, the things, that, the things that you're currently capable of, right. The things that you're currently capable of and the things that, that uh, are uh, that the, 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 the opportunities are being presented to you. How much of your Seems like a lot of this is. I don't think this is related to Bitaq. Yeah, you don't think. I mean, I feel like you know, it's, it's very much saying I'm satisfied with what I have, I'm going to learn this much. 
obsessed with my life, and everything else is, is um, you know, up to Hashem in, in some ways. Okay, so that's a Muna. You meant a Muna, not Bitochen. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you're right that his Tapkus is very much related with the Muna. Yeah, I think his Tapkus is, is like living with the Muna and acting with the Muna. And, that, and that's what makes a person rich. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, um, on the next, uh, next source for us, uh, Gemor and Hulun tells us that in the, as a reward for the fact that Avram Avinu said to the king of Sodom, I, don't, I wouldn't take from you not a shoe strap and not, and not a string. Right, so the king of Sodom was saying, listen, you defeated the four kings, you got all the stuff, keep all the money, just give me the people. And Avram said, I don't want not a shoe strap and not a string. Take everything back. That, says the morale, is the epitome of his tapos. He's saying, what I have, I'm supposed to have. All this extra, you know, billions of dollars, I don't need it. It's not, no, I, I don't need it because it's not mine, it's yours. If, if it's not mine, then I don't want it. Now, you, of course, you can ask the question, well, who says it's not mine? Maybe the fact that you won the war against the four kings, maybe that makes it yours. Other questions are asked. He accepted the, the wealth from, uh, you know, the gifts from Paro and the gifts from Avimelech. Why is he not willing to accept the gifts? Why is he not willing to accept the, this wealth over here? Like how do you know that Hashem didn't send him to send you all that wealth? Good, right? Right? Yeah, like that story with the helicopter and the boat. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, 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 so the if you look at the Gwari over there, he explains it. He says that here we're talking about that the money is going to come to him as a you know, with like a curse, right? Meaning like, king, the king of Sodom is like, you know, he really doesn't want to give this money, right? He's like, he just, he walked in, his eyes are all drenched, like puffy from crying, and he's like, saying it like through his teeth, like trembling as he's saying it, right? So, like, listen, if Hashem had a very drastic shortage of money, and like the only place he could find it from over here, Okay, it's a different story, right? But, but being that Hashem can make a person rich from any direction, that Avram is a blessed person, he's not going to be becoming rich off of this guy's tragedy. Okay? Masha Ain came, and we're going to talk about this more soon, with both Paro and Avimelech, they both wanted to give him these gifts. They insisted on giving him these gifts, right? And in fact, they found, they, 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 they perceived it as an honor for themselves to give these gifts to Avram. Okay? And that's the big difference that we're going to talk about soon when it comes to accepting gifts. If the person is giving it to you because you're a Nebuch, he's giving you a handout, right? Here, take this thing. I know, I know you guys, you, you, you medical school students, you guys don't, don't have any food. Here, take, take, here's, here's 30 bucks. Go, go, go buy yourself a dinner, right? So tell like what? I don't, I don't need whatever I have. I, no, thank you. You keep, keep your money. Whatever I have, I'm okay with. Right? <laughs> what? Food is overrated. Food is overrated. Yeah, all this stuff is overrated. What's that? We have a lot of food. Uh, where, where, whereas, 
Whereas, if someone comes to you and says, wow, you meow, you're going to yeshiva next year? That's unbelievable. It's such a, a yeshiva bacher. A yeshiva bacher is such a chash of Please, please, let me buy you a new suit. I, I, I want you to wear the suit that I bought in yeshiva. Right? It's not a hand, it's not a hand, a, a, a handout. It's not like a, it's, a, the person genuinely feels privileged. Okay, then that's a different story. Then we'll see, the Gemara says you could accept it. Okay, all right, but uh, but um, so so just with, with Avram Avinu, just, just, just so with Avram Avinu, so again, Avram Avinu saying, if it's if it's not mine, I don't want it. Now, how do you determine if it's mine? We pointed out right with the uh, Hashem is trying to give you this. Uh, so then Avram had ways to tell if it's coming in a good way, in in in, in a pleasant way. The person's smiling. The person's happy. He's giving it to me. He's saying it would be a big honor for me if you were to accept it. That's one thing. But if he's if he's really giving it begrudgingly, he's doing it because he feels he has to, then, then Avram says, this is not from Hashem. And if it's not from Hashem, then he doesn't want it. That's the point of it. If it's not from Hashem, he doesn't want it. Now, just to finish the Gemara, the Gemara says, so Avram says, I don't want to take from you not a shoe strap and not a string. He says the Gemara, in the merit of that, the Jewish people merited to receiving the shoe strap. So back then, we don't have straps nowadays, but shoe straps means, you know, like imagine like the old, the olden days where you had like the, the shoe, it could be a shoe either. And, and then the way you attach the shoe to your foot was, was a leather strap coming off of the shoe, longish, and you would wrap it around your foot. That's how the shoe you know, stayed connected to the to the uh, to the foot. So the, so the shoe strap is a leather strap. In other words, in, in that merit we got film, film you know like the the, the the leather straps, okay, and and the string that Avram Avinu said I won't take a string from you is in the merit of that we got tzitzis on our garments, okay. So the obvious question is why specifically these two mitzvahs? And what does it say about the meat of his tapkus, the attribute of being happy with your lot? Okay? So there's a... So the Zumaral says that fundamentally, if you think about it, if you see a person, there's a normal person, a person, I guess you could have, um, you could have a person who is naked. That person is clearly lacking. Cold, he's lacking in basic human dignity, etc. Right? Then let's say okay, you dress him in a, a basic way. You wrap a right, right, you know, put, put some garments on him. Okay, so he's uh, yeah, but but he has no but 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 he's still lacking the royal stamp on his garments, which is what tzitzis are. Tzitzis is a royal stamp on the garment. It says that this, these garments, there's a person wearing these garments is shy to the king, which means it's a completion of the person from the perspective of garment. And the tefillin goes on our, on our head, on our mind, and it's a completion to our mind or our soul. Now, what are these two things? Well, the garment is what completes the body. So that means it's a, it's a, a person who's shalim, is whole in body. And a person with tefillin is a person who is whole in soul or in spirit, right? 
And those are the two things that we saw before. Ashrei ba'olamazeh, ashrecha ba'olamazeh, v'tov lach lo'amabah. That an enemy yikav of someone who is who is a mistapek b'chalfo, someone who is happy with his lot, he's he's wholesome, he's complete, he's not lacking. So then, he is going to be both in this world complete and in the next world. This world is represented by the body, so his body is going to be wrapped in a garment that has tzitzis with it, representing perfection of his physicality. He's not lacking anything in his physical sense. And he's also going to have a, per- a perfection of his spirituality. He's not lacking in a spiritual sense. That's the film. Those are the two things. Shlomo, you, you had a question? What? Power is present. Is that we're literally going to talk about that. Literally, uh, it's a quote on the sheet right here. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Good. Good job, Yusha. That was a good one. Um, okay. So, uh, so another, another Gemara in Kulun. So it tells a story about Rabbi Elazar. That Rabbi Elazar was very poor, and there was uh, uh, very hard times as well. And so the Nasi, the head of the Jewish people, you know, who was powerful, wealthy, so he was became aware that Rabbi Elazar is suffering, very uh, doesn't have so much food, etc. So he sent to him a uh, food package. So Rabbi Elazar didn't accept it. So then, when Elazar heard about this, he said, "Okay, I don't know uh, what's going on over here." So, so he so he summoned for him to come to the. Uh, to his office, so he could give him a check. So he, he didn't come, didn't show up. Yeah, why, why not? He said because it says okay, I want to live. I don't want to die. You tried to kill me. Yeah. So what does it mean? You tried to kill me again. Back to our egg analogy. If a person is accepting handouts, it means he feels lacking. He feels like Hashem is not providing him with what he needs. So if you're lacking, then then you're an amulet, right? Then you, so so but, but he felt whatever he has, that's what Hashem is giving him. That's that's what he's supposed to have, and 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 that's going to take care of him. And it did, and he was living. Yeah. The flip side of that is the Gemara in the Dharm tells us there are four people who are considered to be dead, and one of them is an Ani, a poor person. A poor person considered to be dead. Why is a poor now a poor person doesn't mean someone who eats you know weekday old you know dried bread that they buy for you know third you know, one third of the price in the bakery that they sell like around the back. That's not the poor person we're talking about. Poor person means here uh, someone who has to ask for charity. 
right? So if you have to ask from someone else, so it's as if you're dead because a person because that person has no ability to feel like Hashem is providing me with what I need. He's the antithesis of Solomatanus Yichya. He's living over gifts. So he's living over gifts, so he's like a dead man. He doesn't have a connection to Hashem giving him life. We spoke about this in Parshas Noah. The, uh, the, the, the Yonah, the dove, went and grabbed an olive leaf and came back to Noah. So everyone said, oh, the olive leaf, good, the trees are... Why would a, why would a dove grab an olive leaf? Have you ever tasted an olive leaf? Bitter is an understatement of the century. It's, it's terrible, terribly bitter. Terrible. So why would a bird do that? Birds eat, they eat seeds, they eat... What else do they eat besides seeds? Worms. They eat worms. They eat all sorts of yummy things. But leaves, I don't know, maybe they could eat some leaves, but, but an olive leaf is terrible. It's so bitter, why in the bird... So Rashi says that the Yonah was telling Noah, that I prefer the bitterness of this olive leaf to eat this olive leaf with its, with its bitterness more than the sweetest delicacies that you've been feeding me for the last year. So the concept is that there's a bitterness. Mar Marirus is a tamamavus. Mar mimavus. It's a, it's a possible. Yeah. So, v'achriso uh, yomar, and which is uh, the, uh, the, 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 the last day, the, the, and in the end is the bitter day. What's the bitter day, you mean? The bitter day in the end. What's the bitter day? The, the bitter day with the, with the capital B. The day that the person passes. Very good. Right. Okay. The day the person passes. That's bitterness. So death is, is, is bitterness. And bitterness is a taste of death. By the way, in case anyone know, if you're ever eating something that tastes bitter, make sure to spit it out and don't eat it. You know why? Tell why is that? It's probably, it's probably poison. It's probably poison. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the taste, we have different taste buds. The, the, the bitter part is, identifies poisons. Almost all poisons are bitter, okay? There's very unique poisons which happen to be not very bitter, which is why they're so dangerous. But almost all poisons are very bitter, okay? So if you eat something bitter, spit it out, probably poison, okay? Important. Uh, so, the, so bitterness is a taste of death. So now there's a taste of death that... that, that uh, so the olive just happens to be physically bitter, the olive leaf. It's physically bitter, it doesn't taste good. But eating a handout, that's spiritually bitter. It's bitter in the sense of that you don't have your own connection to Hashem. You're living over somebody else's bread. That you're living in a state of disconnection. Where you're not you're not being provided, you're not, you're not being nana straight from Hashem. You can't how can you enjoy such food? Aren't you always relying on people like when you go to the grocery store? Like, oh, that's a tit for tat. That's an exchange. I'm not. I, I'm not getting anything for free. I do. I work, and then you know, we do an exchange. We do a bar, barter, right? I'll give you my. I'll give you my meat if you if you give me the if you give me the the, the bread, right? 
So the um, when a person who's relying on other people, similar to the person who is never satisfied, he doesn't have his own life that he's being given by Hashem. A person who's nostalgic b'chalko is a person who has from Hashem his needs taken care of. So you're calm and you're happy where you are. That's life. That person's alive. He's alive in this world. He's alive in the next world. He's alive. He's showing. He has what he needs. As opposed to the lacking person. Who is a bechina of Misa. A certain aspect of that. Now, the um, another source seems to contradict what we just said. Which is the Gemara Broca says, the truth is there's two ways. If you want to, you could be like Elisha. We know Elisha, the, the prophet, when he would travel to uh, different towns, so, so a uh, certain wealthy woman, a noble woman type of thing, she put him up in her, in her house and she did take care of you know, provide him with meals and, and uh, you know, uh, even built like a little, little, little private uh, apartment for him. Right? So you want to, you could be like him. If not, you could be like Shmuel Novi, who used to, whenever you would go, he would never stay by anybody. He would carry his own little tent and his own little pot and never take So Shmuel, we understand. He's a Mestapak Bukhalko. He doesn't want anything from anybody else. If he's supposed to have it, he'll have it. If he doesn't have it, it's not for him. But what about, but what about this Gemara? It says, if you want to, you could be like. You could be like Alicia. Alicia the Navi is not not a bad not a bad role model, right? Very good, very good. Well, so we alluded besides Benjamin Franklin, we also went to the Avram Avinu did the same thing. Oh, okay, right. So so again, but it's not about you. It's if you see that the person again, you know, back to back to Avram Avinu, right? That the, whether it was with power with Avimela, they're saying like. Please, it would be my honor. Like, take this and fact. Like, as he's leaving, like, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, please. We, 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 I found this other thing. Can you, can you take this also, right? So that's not someone who's just like, okay, whatever. You need something, I'll take. I'll give it to you. That's a person who genuinely wants to give to you. So, so this was the case. He felt, he felt that that, that this uh, Isha. Shunamis was uh, was genuinely she was honored. Whenever he would come, she'd be very happy, etc. So it was an honor for them. That's number one. And number two, it's not that he's like taking the stuff and taking it home and like living off of it, packing it. You know, he's there. He, he's able to stay with them. That that's that's a different as opposed to a matana where they're giving to you. They're, they're taking care of. You. Yeah, that's 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 what the Yisrael said. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, uh, the, the, that's uh, you know, to a certain extent you're you're being mechabed them by taking it, so that's uh, that's fine. That's not, in other words, you're not taking it because you need it. You're taking it because they want to give to you. Okay, um, and then and then finally, last source is that, that there's a, there's a certain level who's a son of Matanus, someone. He doesn't want anyone to, he's going to learn to be able to tell what is a trefa and what is not a trefa, to tell about animals, right? A sheet of animals, he'll tell what animals kosher, what animals not kosher. So he shouldn't be that somebody else tells him which animal he could eat. Why? Because until, until you, if you, you can't do that. So in other words, 
Without him, you can't eat. You can't eat. It's only because, he, because he's helping you that you can eat. So, uh, so, so uh, uh, just to show how far it goes. But in other words, again, to bring it back, to bring it back to us, is a person. If Hashem presents you with opportunity, like Avraham Avinu with, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, with uh, wealth or you know, with, with Paro or Abimelech or whatever it is. Okay, so if if Hashem is opening a door for me, if this is an opportunity, is being uh, for me, no problem. Go ahead and take the opportunity. It's good. Yeah. Uh, you know, in business, there's an opportunity for a promotion, whatever it is. <coughs> Great, go for it. But as long as where you are, and you're not satisfied with what you have, you feel like you don't have enough. You, you feel like this is not this is not sufficient. Either you have to come on to asking people for handouts, or you're or 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 you're you know you're always digging, always always you know looking around, always trying to get more, and not being in the moment, not not being appreciating what you're doing doing a good job with it because because the thing itself is is good and meaningful that's that's uh, that that person is not an usher an usher someone who is has everything he needs in every situ- every step of the way he can start from making twenty thousand dollars to making fifty thousand dollars making three hundred thousand dollars making a million dollars a year whatever it is but he's he ha- he's happy at every step of the way he has everything he needs at every step of the way if Hashem sends you more, okay. So He's sending you more, good. And the same thing with Chokhmah, back to Chokhmah, in, in learning. To do it in a certain way where, okay, you're ready to learn the next thing, you learn it. But without, without the, the, you know, this, um, um, being unsatisfied with what you have because you want the thing that is 10 steps ahead. Okay? We have uh, 30 seconds for questions. We don't. Uh, we, we answered that it's it's the the one thing that's a true acquisition. The true acquisition is chok. No, no, no. Uh, the nun is kuf nun means kona. Ze shekana. No allusion to chokma explicitly, but it's implied. The only real kinyan that you're ever making is chokma. Because bina is how you get the chokma. Don't try to use your bina to, to get that chokma. Get it from your rebbe. If you're given chokma, you use bina to process it, and then you can use bina to generate new chokma. Lomi davar mitov davar. You can cre- you can create new knowledge. But be careful with that. that. If you start overreaching on that, you start making up, making up big chedushim, then it's not good. So, so how do we how do we sing Ashrei Mantok Kelkin? Whereas we have both. If it's the first reference to Zohar as well, so you have both Ashrei and then Tov as well. Good. So I guess you're an enemy of Yikap. Good for you.